Wouldn't it be cool to only work with really nice, responsible customers who have great dogs and that you enjoy spending time with? Yeah, that would be great. Well, let's figure out how to do it right now. It's time to become the overdog. All you dog businesses, get ready to level up. This is the Overdog Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the show. It's me, Fern, once again. Happy to be hanging with you. Thank you for tuning in to this, which is episode 75, baby. Yes, we are cruising along. 75 of these we did so far. That's pretty damn good, right? Well, thanks for being on this podcast journey with me. Hopefully you've enjoyed the show. Today is going to be a good one. Uh, Real quick, before we get to the content, I just want to say coming up is the Pet Boarding and Daycare Expo in Hershey, New Jersey. Well, Hershey, Pennsylvania. Not New Jersey. Hershey, Pennsylvania. And I'm going to be there. um, And it's one of my favorite uh, conferences of all time. In this industry, it is so much fun. The Hershey Lodge is so great. November, it's starting to get a little chilly. They have a big fire. They have chocolate martinis. What more can you want? And you're going to meet some amazing people who are doing amazing things in this industry. So if you can make it, I would love to see you there. I'll be speaking three times. I was actually working on my presentations right before recording this. I'm going to be talking about marketing. I'm going to go deep. We're going deep on marketing. I have a four-hour presentation on marketing your dog daycare business. It's going to be pretty epic. And then I'm going to talk about dog dog personality types in the daycare and how to deal with them, as well as how to make your business like Disney. Oh, yes. They're going to be good. Uh, along the way, while I'm there, I'm going to do a mastermind group and uh, some other fun stuff. So if you can make it, um, it would be great to have you there, and I would love to see you. If you do, make sure you come up and say hi. Tell me that you like the show, and let's uh, let's hang out a little bit and and just enjoy each other's company and just uh, network. And it's just fun. It's just I just can't wait. So I'm hoping to see you there. Pet boarding, daycare, and expo. The pet boarding, pet boarding, daycare, pet boarding and daycare expo. <laughs> I think that's it. I'll put the sh- I'll put the link to it in the show notes, but uh, it's going to be fun. Hope to see you there. All right. What I want to talk about today is how you can create a business where you only work with awesome clients. Like there's nothing worse than having these uh you know, annoying pain in the butt customers that just kind of sap the fun out of this business that you created. So, you want to create a business where you are uh, only working with the best, you know, the people that you enjoy working with, right? You don't have to. The good thing is a lot of people think you're just stuck with your customer base, and that's not true. You create it, okay? You create the customers. It's your business, okay? So you shouldn't just think that, you know, this uh, bad mantra of the customer's always right and you have to just put up with it. I got news for you. The customer is not always right. Sometimes they're very, very wrong and sometimes they're very wrong for your business. All right, so we're going to talk today about how you know you can attract the exact customers you want and repel 
all those ones that you'd prefer not to work with, all right? And a lot of times there's nothing wrong with these people. They're just not your people, all right? They're just not the ones that you prefer to work with. They're not the ones that's right for your business and not the ones that uh, are going to bring a smile to your face to take care of them and their dogs. All right. So the first thing I need you to do is make a very conscious decision to decide on who you want to serve. All right. A lot of people don't really do this. All right. And you need to decide who is the kind of person that I want as a customer. And I want you to be as specific as you can think about it. You know, this is like your customer avatar. Okay. The exact customer you're trying to attract and take care of in your business. Now, the answer to that can't be everybody. A lot of people think, oh, it's just everyone with a dog. And that's not true. Your business isn't right for every single person. Okay. There are a lot of different people out there and your business, what you have created is good for particular types of people. But there are some people, you know what, it's just not the right fit for. You need to understand that if you're going to be able to have the marketplace kind of self-select, okay? You need to, to know what you want. So first thing I want you to do is think about who you want to serve. Think about the type of person. And, you know, when we're creating an avatar, I like to get kind of specific. So to me, I name my avatar. My avatar is Cheryl, okay? That's the person I'm trying to serve. And uh, Cheryl is a female. She's 44 years old. She has two dogs. She has one, uh, one little girl. She's married. Um, she works, um, you know, a nine to five job and she loves her dog just as much as her child, as her family. Okay. That's the kind of person I like to, to serve. All right. So think about who your avatar is. Now, what you're doing when you, when you're doing that is that's what I want you to picture when you're, you're doing your marketing. Because that's the person you want. That's the kind of people you want. There are some people you, you don't want. So I'm going to give you kind of just a quick story in my dog training business. So my dog training business, in the beginning, I wanted to serve everybody. I said, hey, I'm here to help. All right. Anybody with a dog, I'm your guy. All right. This is a very common thing that anybody in business does. You know, we want the more customers as we can. So let's just take care of everybody. So I did that and I started to take care of everybody. And what I found is that some people uh, were not right for me. Um, so right off the bat, um, I realized that people in kind of lower income areas, um, people who, um, you know, they, they what happens is after getting stood up a number of times where I was supposed to do, we made an appointment, I would show up and then they would just no show me, just not show up or be like, no, I forgot. I could tell they weren't really invested in this process. They really weren't serious about it. Um, and the opposite extreme was also true. Really, really high income people did the same thing to me. So when I, like these really wealthy clients, you know, would, would hire me and they would expect me to just like magic, do all this work and, uh, you know, uh, just all of a sudden uh, be able to snap my fingers and they would have to do no work and uh, their dogs would just be trained. And that's not the way it works. You know, the owner has to be an active participant. They got to do some work. I'm just guiding them. So I realized that the two extremes were not for me. So I've realized my sweet spot is kind of like upper middle class. And that's what I was going for. So everything in my business was designed to attract that type of person. Okay, so uh, you want to make sure that uh, 
you're, you're thinking about who you want to serve and making sure your business is set up, and I'm going to talk about how to do this a little bit, is set up to attract those kinds of people, all right? And the ones that are not the right fit will either recognize that, you know, in your marketing and your business materials, or very quickly you can realize, you know what? I don't think this is the right place for you because of XYZ or whatever it is, all right? But you need to be clear on who you're trying to serve and who you don't like. So I realized very quickly that these like really, really wealthy people were not my clientele. And I can remember there in my area, there's a Grammy winner, <laughs> um, a Grammy performer. So some musician who's won a Grammy, okay? They live a couple towns away. And I was called to work with their two German shepherds, not by them, but by their assistant or whatever. And as soon as I hear that, I knew I wasn't going to take the job. When your assistant calls me, it tells me I'm, there's no one's going to do the work. Um, and just talking to them, I could tell this person just wanted to throw money at these at this situation with their dogs and wasn't really going to do anything. And they weren't going to be successful and I wasn't going to enjoy it at all. So I basically said, I'm afraid I can't help you. And they were amazed because they were throwing a lot of money at me and, you know, they just, I guess, are expected people just want to, you know, work with them just to meet them and stuff. And But to me, I knew it wasn't my, I knew they were just going to be a hassle for me. So I said no. All right. So you got to be able to say no to some people and it's okay. It is your business. I mean, I think there's a way to say no. That's nice, you know. And again, it's always kind of framing it like, I don't think this is the right place, which is this not what you're looking for, you know. Um, so it's a way, way to explain things. You don't want to be, you know, nasty about it. But just understand who lights you up, okay? Who are you excited to work with? What kind of people and dogs, and this, this is both for people and dogs. Some dogs are not the right fit either. I think you see so many places that just take the wrong dogs for them and it's causing havoc. So what are the right people and the right dogs that would make this job a joy for you, all right? Those are the people we want to kind of keep in our business, all right? So we want to position your business to attract that kind of clientele. So it starts with how you present your business, okay? So it starts with your digital assets first, your website, okay? What does your website say? What kind? So um, if you tell me you want an upscale clientele, all right, that's who you like to serve, that's what you're doing, your website better be pretty damn good, all right? It's got to showcase you as a luxury brand. You're trying to go upscale. I see so many people say they want upscale clientele and I look at their website, I'm like, this is not, you're not a, You're not looking to attract those kind of people because your website is not saying you're a luxury brand, all right? If you want an upscale clientele, your website should depict that. You need to have that kind of design, all right? And everything in your marketing as well should be always designed about creating that. So all your marketing materials, you know? So if you have any kind of marketing materials and stuff, if you're going for upscale, you're going to actually spend a little money, all right? Because those, if you're doing that and it shows, it's going to attract that type of person. If you're going for maybe kind of, um, you want to be kind of a little bit like to be able to service the, um, working class, you know, or people maybe who, who don't really necessarily have a lot of money, which is totally cool too. Um, we just got to make sure that they don't just look at your stuff and think, wow, I can never afford them. Um, look at, look at their, look at their website, look at their marketing. Like it, it seems like it's too good to be true. I, I, I'm not going to be able to afford that. All right. 
If you're trying to attract that type of clientele, you got to make sure that that's in your branding. If you're trying to attract mostly women, you got to think about what would appeal to women as opposed to men marketing, like little subtle differences, all right? Um, but all of this stuff is going to matter. Okay, now another big thing that's going to affect the quality of people you have coming in is your onboarding process, all right? So when you get a new customer, what happens? And I find a lot of places their onboarding is weak, okay? We're not properly setting these people up because what happens is we could get our perfect client in, but then what happens is because we haven't educated them about what happens here and told them the best way to do business with you, they start to become a pain in the ass by asking a lot of questions, by, by stuff that you know could easily be avoided if we just set their expectations and kind of told them the process early on. So in the beginning, you need to really spell out exactly how working with your business is and you really have to tell them what happens in daycare because no one knows what happens back there. You know, they just drop their dogs off and they're just going to make assumptions and they're usually wrong. So we need to be really specific about how we tell them. And in the onboarding process, I like, yes, you're going to explain to them physically, but when they're there, they're barely listening because you've got cute dogs around and there's distractions. So you're also going to have in your onboarding process, I would also give them handouts, physical papers, you know, where they can read everything you just told them. And then I'm going to put them in an email sequence where they're going to actually get this content again <laughs> so that they have a number of times to absorb it so we can make sure it goes in. And in that, we're going to tell them exactly what happens, the process, what to expect. You know, if you tell them, hey, there's a good chance at one point your dog may get bored to tell. Um, it's not a big deal. It's cold for dogs. All right. Uh, happens all the time. It's just a very common thing. Just want to let you know it's going to happen from time to time. If they know that, they're not as pissed off when their dog gets kennel cough because you told them it was going to happen, okay? Um, if they're blindsided, they're like, what the hell's going on? So we want to, you know, try to educate them as much as possible about what's going to happen and what they need to do to make it a better process for them and their dog. So your onboarding process, you need to improve. And this goes for the dogs too, all right? You need to have better assessments with your dogs. So many people end up doing a quick assessment and then we get a dog in two days later to find out that there's a lot of problems, all right? So make sure you're assessing your dogs properly where, and we've talked about this on previous podcasts, so I'm not going to get into the specifics and how to better assess dogs, but you want to make sure you have a process and you're weeding out the ones that are not the right fit. By taking a dog that you know might have some issues or is not really good for your environment, you are helping out. You're not doing anybody any favors, all right? So, especially the dog. So you have to be honest with yourself, with your owner, and with the owner, the dog's owner, and decide what is the best for your business and for the dog, you know, and the individual dog as well. But I will tell you, whenever I go in on site to places, they always have dogs that shouldn't be there. All right. And the thing is, you know, a couple of pain in the butt dogs can ruin the entire environment for all the other dogs in the pack, as well as your staff. All right. I can remember one situation where one dog, I saw this staff member was ready to burst into tears. And uh, it was just because of one dog that shouldn't have been there. So we get rid of that dog and all of a sudden coming to work is a joy. All right. Because this is, yes, they're pain in the butt to you, but don't forget your staff. Everyone's complaining about staffing and stuff, but you know what? If we take better care of the environment and they're working with good dogs and people, 
they're going to want to hang in there a lot longer. All right, so let's talk about uh, preventing problems. So we already talked about the proper onboarding. That will take care of a lot of the human questions. You know, just think about all the annoying things that people call and ask you on a regular basis, eating up your time where you should you could be spent, you know, doing much better things. Those questions need to be addressed in your onboarding process. All right, so every time someone asks you a stupid question, <laughs> you're going to write it down. And you say, okay, I need to address that early on so that I don't have to deal with that in the future. All right, that's simple. You want to explain everything and you want to make sure, like you said, like we said, you set expectations. You need to tell them this is what is expected of you. This is what you should do. This is what you shouldn't do. This is the process. This is how it's going to work. Um, and then you're just going to go all those through those frequently asked questions. Having an FAQ page on your site or also that you can hand them out is also a great idea. So again, every time someone asks you a question, you write it down, add it to your FAQ page. Okay, so that you can avoid getting all these questions. Because a lot of times, you know, the, the customers would be great if, you know, you just didn't have to deal with these stupid questions because you're busy. All right, and when we're dealing with customers, you have to have really good communication. Okay, the more open you are with your and transparent you are with your customers, the happier they'll be, the more they will trust you, consequently, the less questions you'll get. So you need to have really good open lines of communication with your customers. Okay, a lot of ways to do that. You know, I like website chat is an easy way where customers can get in touch with you really quickly and you can almost like and texting them is sometimes easier than talking with barking dogs in the background or the time it takes to do an email. So I like having website chat and text available for the customers. It's really easy for them to answer, ask some quick questions, you know, get the information they need and it, you know, shouldn't take you, you know, a, a long time, you know, as opposed to if you have to do a full phone conversation or write a lengthy email. Another way to prevent problems we kind of alluded to in the beginning is by pricing yourself accordingly. All right. So once I decided that I didn't want that these, you know, the, the lower income people were, were not taking this seriously and were no showing me all the time, I just priced, priced myself high enough where they wouldn't even consider me. So um, they see my price and it scares them off. And they said, okay, well, you know what? That, that's not right for me. It's not the kind of person I'm looking for. It's not the kind of business I'm looking for. So your pricing can position you to attract the right people. All right, just like if you price yourself very low, someone who's looking for a more luxury model, a luxury service is going to be like, whoa, that doesn't seem right. I don't think that's for me, you know, because they're looking for the higher priced, you know, uh, the higher priced services. So um, typically I've found it's always best to be on the high end of the price scale in your market because typically those are people willing to invest in their dog. So you usually get less issues because they understand that it's an investment and they don't nickel and dime you on stuff. Usually, you know, not always, but usually. Um, so I find it's always best to price yourself on the high end as opposed to the low end at any market. Also, if like your big, you know, your big differentiator is your price, someone can always come in and lowball you and then you have nothing that makes you special. Uh, so I don't really like being the low price option in the marketplace. 
All right, lastly, the last thing I want to just chat real quickly is about is right now I'm going to I want you to think about your current clientele. And I'm going to guess you can come up with a few names of people that are a pain in the butt <laughs> that you you almost wish you didn't have as customers, all right? So here's the good thing. You get to choose. All right? So I'm going to say there are certain people you should fire as customers, right? You can fire clients. I'm telling you, I'm giving you permission to that. All right. And it's always under the pretense that this is not the right environment for them or their dog for XYZ reason, whatever it is, whatever the particular situation is. So this is easy with dogs. You know, you know who the problem dogs are. I'm telling you, if you know they're a problem and they've been a problem for a while, they may not be right for your place. Especially in the market we're in now, there's tons and tons and tons of dogs around. There's tons of clients available. Everyone's very busy. And every bad dog in your place is taking the spot of a good dog. Right? And just think about if your whole pack was filled with good dogs. How easy would it be? How much less stress would you have in your every day? So if I want you to write down a couple of the dogs that you have labeled problem dogs and how long have they been a problem? If they've been a problem for a while and you've tried to find solutions, but there's not, and they are sapping your will to do this job as well as your staff, it might be time to let them go. All right? This your your place may not be the right environment to them. And the thing is not a daycare isn't right for every dog and depending upon your environment, they may be fine in a different place that has a different environment. Maybe they need smaller groups. Maybe they need a little uh, uh, quieter environment, whatever it is. Um, but you have permission to fire your clients. Now, if the customers are annoying, you also have a right to fire them, especially if they're being disrespectful to your staff. To me, you got to have your staff's back. If they're not treating your staff appropriately, you need to probably fire those clients. Okay? You do it as nicely as you can, but I would not tolerate that. You know, your staff deserves... Um, to be treated with respect. So we want to make sure that your clients are treating them with respect. So I want you to think about what clients you want to work with, what dogs you want to work with, and let's create a business that attracts them and keeps them. Meanwhile, we're kind of weeding out all the dogs and the people that you don't like working with. Because once you do that, then coming to work is a great thing and you love your business, all right? If you have a whole bunch of, if you have a business full of customers and dogs you can't stand, uh, life is hell. <laughs> we don't want that. This is the greatest job in the world, all right? So you should be enjoying it. You get to choose. You're a, it's your business. You are the, the boss. You get to choose what clients you want coming in and who is not the right fit. And that's totally okay. All right. I hope that was helpful. Um, think about what you can do in your business to really make sure you're working with people that you love. Um, I love my job because I love what I do and I love the people that I'm working with. And it makes every day a joy. So it should, it can and should be like that. All right, give it a try. If you do that, you know your business will be epic. All right, um, I will see you next week and hopefully I will see many of you at Hershey in November. All right, I'm looking forward to seeing you then. Make sure you come up and say hi. Have a great week. I'll see you soon. Take care. If you'd like some help with your own digital marketing efforts, just reach out to me at overdogdigital.com 
forward slash contact and we can schedule time and we can get together, chat, and see if I would be a good fit to help you out.